Welcome to CII Radio. I'm Luke Holloway, editor of The Journal. In this episode, I'll be speaking to Alina Berlaku and Richard Talbot-Jones. In this episode of the podcast, in honour of Volunteers Week, we'll explore ways that CII and PFS initiatives can help members give back to their communities and their fellow professionals. I'm joined by Alina Berlaku, Director and Founder of AB Growth Solutions and Financial Education Champion, and Richard Talbot-Jones, Managing Director at Talbot-Jones and Mentor via the CII Connect platform. Here's my conversation with Alina and Richard. Hello, Alina, and hello, Richard, and thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Hello. Great to be here. Good morning. Good afternoon. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, very, very pleased to have you both with us. So, yeah, thank you for, for joining us today. Richard, perhaps we could start with you. Um, could you tell us how you've been involved with the CII during your career uh, on a volunteering basis? Sure. So, um, well, I, I started my career working for a big insurer in a call centre, and I joined the CII because you were allowed a little bit of time off to do some studying, which is quite nice. But um, I left there after about nine months and went to work for a broker in a totally different part of the country. And um, and I did my CII qualification, you know, like many people, you start at the, the basics. And then when I finished my certificate, I didn't really understand how to go through sort of getting get my diploma done, you know, what sort of module combinations to do. So I reached out to the local institute. So that's the Insurance Institute of Newcastle up on Tyne. And of course, as as many local institutes do, as soon as somebody contacts them directly, they kind of rope you in to do <laughs> to do different jobs and, and serve on council. So so from about 2010 until earlier this year, so about 12 years, I've been involved in our in our local institute. That's been my kind of primary focus. So I've um, I've served as education secretary, deputy president, president, vice president. I've done PR and comms and managed the website and managed Twitter and LinkedIn and, and all those sorts of things. I think, you know, in many ways, being president was the kind of it felt like that should be the pinnacle. But the thing I probably enjoyed the most actually was was being the education secretary and, and actually designing and arranging all the sort of CPD offering that, that we were putting in place for our members. And um, but yeah, I mean, it was I mean, that was all sort of very interesting because you kind of I think. You know, I think when you're working in a business, particularly a small business as I was, you don't always know, like, what is this industry that we're in? We see like one little piece of it. So that involvement aside is really cool because you get to meet different people and understand the bigger picture. And that led me to becoming a, uh, a member of Rep Council. And then when that changed to the National Forum, I was a regional forum officer and a national forum officer. So, so again, you know, it was just really, you know, it's been an interesting, interesting ride, but, I, but I stood down last month because I'm, I'm in the process of finishing an MBA. So um, the next six months is, is full on um, <laughs> dissertation time. So a natural break perhaps in volunteering for me there, but yeah, so about 12 years in summary of, of volunteering with the local institutes. 
Wow. Amazing. I mean, as you say, it's great that you can, you know, you can take a break obviously when, when you need to, if you need to focus on other things. And it sounds like you've been involved in kind of in all different aspects, which has been, been great. I mean, uh, it sounds like it's also helped shape your career and, you know, build your, built your network up and, and your kind of um, the direction you've taken. Um, what have been some of the benefits you found through that you wouldn't have got if you hadn't have kind of put yourself forward to volunteer? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think, gosh, I mean, you could sort of talk for hours on that subject, couldn't you really? But um, I think key things, key takeaways is I, I wouldn't have been exposed to as many people and the kind of the chats that you have in the sidelines. So I probably wouldn't have had the confidence to launch my own business, you know, if I hadn't have been involved at a regional or national level with the CII and sort of met other business owners. So I or CEOs of companies or owners of companies. So I, I think that's one key thing. And then, you know, I wouldn't be sitting in this office here now, you know, <laughs> being in charge of everyone else, which is quite nice. I think the other thing that I've taken on the sort of uh, the chartered status kind of crusade almost as well. So, you know, by being able to launch my own business, I could then push for charter status within my business instead of trying to convince other people that that's the route that they should go down. So, but again, I think, you know, being involved in the CI and understanding the benefits of it and the importance of it, and then the sort of the discussions around public trust and accountability and transparency and all those sorts of things, you know, we wouldn't have created a business with the profile that we have without my prior involvement with the CII in the way that, you know, with the kind of involvement I've had. So that's probably the main takeaway. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and Alina, um, would you agree with that? I mean, you, you're involved in, in volunteering um, through the Personal Finance Society, one initiative being My Personal Finance Skills, which has education champions like yourself. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about your volunteering background and, and in particular the education champion role that you now you now take? Yes, of course. I mean, you can see from uh, Richard, you know, how, how beneficial it is to hover around people like that of this caliber, you know, how much you can gain, you can gain out of it. Um, and to be honest, <laughs> getting involved with this initiative didn't need much convincing on my part. I've always been passionate about help, helping people improve their thinking and uh, make more suitable decisions, both in businesses and uh, with their money. I mean, growing up, I've seen firsthand how devastating is, uh, you know, how the, the devastating effects of poor financial decisions on people's well-being, and um, you know, it's, it's ripple effects across the generations, um, affecting how we are with money later in life. So this initiative really helps this purpose, helping people, students start their journey with confidence and curiosity around money and less anxiety around its potential limitations. I mean, I'm fresh in, in CII. I've only transitioned into financial planning in the most recent years. Uh, I come from business coaching, mainly working with financial advice businesses. To, and when I have finally become a financial planner myself, I used to sit across the table for cl from clients who, um, you know, despite having a reasonable amount of money, struggle to make decisions to enjoy it or use it to create positive impact. And uh, uh, at the same time, I was also at the school gates listening to parents, most of them being torn between work and family and questioning their choices and feeling guilt or shame, having traded family time for work or income for spending more time with family. And I've, I've always wondered if there is anything else that can be done to help, you know, help the 
sort of now adults improve their experience and, uh, but more importantly, shape a next generation of healthy money minds, you know, who don't just survive, but also create and grow and thrive while using money sensibly. I mean, probably like most the, uh, most people at CII and uh, PFS, I am a solutions person and I used to think that knowledge is key. And uh, But it turns out that giving people solutions doesn't guarantee they're making better decisions. Uh, it's about a process they need to master. So that led me to a very fascinating area that covers the human side of money, uh, understanding how we make decisions and shape money habits to live well. And um, now I focus on coaching uh, and also educating both financial advisors and individual in individuals to normalize and um, expand the money conversation conversations by factoring in the human side of money to then create a robust decision-making process to produce the results thereafter at any stage in life so I'm really grateful uh, for people like uh, George and Vilma at PFS, who put people like myself in front of students across the country to help deliver on this mission we share, which is to help them put the right foot forward as they start their journey into adulthood. Alina, that's fantastic. That's great to hear some of the, the real life situations that have uh, have led you to volunteering and feeling that you can make a difference. And there's real meaningful, uh, valuable reasons behind you getting involved. Um, and you mentioned there that you've become an education champion through through the PFS. Um, can you tell listeners a little bit about the experience of doing that? Um, how many times you've actually gone into a school and, and what a, a session kind of looks like and what the, the students can take away from it? Yes, I mean, it has been incredibly rewarding it hasn't been without its challenges technology being one uh, i mean given the interesting times we've lived through we've been somewhat conditioned to deliver most of these sessions online uh, i mean they're not as good as the face-to-face uh, you know experiences but i am really grateful for for it it has allowed us to keep going and perhaps with further geographical reach than I could have have uh, otherwise covered. Now, the sessions we do are designed really well, taking into account the key elements of robust decision-making. The first one, as I mentioned, is knowledge. And it's enough knowledge to, to develop their awareness and spark their curiosity to go find out more. Uh, I mean, it goes from simple things like decoding a payslip to deeper areas around pitfalls and opportunities of money, personal values, uh, dreams, uh, life choices. Another ingredient which often causes people stress and anxiety is becoming aware of the resources available. And I'm not talking about just financial solutions uh, or just tools like budgeting. It's about knowing that you are not alone. You can ask questions and engage parents, carers, teachers, mentors, peers in more constructive conversations or just ask for help you know, at the right time without judgment, guilt or shame. And lastly, and a big thing for me, uh, is implementation. Throughout the sessions, we provide uh, activities for them to apply their knowledge and intuition. Um, they literally try their hand, which um, should hopefully help them become more familiar uh, with money and perceive money management as accessible, whatever the backgrounds and abilities they have. And this alone is proven to improve well-being. I mean, familiarity decreases stress. And so when we feel less stressed, we um, get to think better, 
and make better choices, which in turn, uh, in turn boosts confidence and self-esteem. So with this approach, we see students and teachers actually feeling a bit more empowered and more energized. And um, that is a real joy. That's excellent to hear about the the number of aspects there are around it, um, not just as you say, kind of numbers and and budgets and, and and that kind of thing, but also the well-being side, encouraging young people to talk about money, that it's not taboo and it's not it's not wrong to ask for help or or guidance. That that's brilliant, Richard. And another aspect of volunteering you've been involved with uh, is mentoring through the CII Connect platform, which is a digital platform that facilitates mentors and and mentees. Can you tell us about your involvement with that and 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 how that gone since you've been taking on that role? Sure. So, I mean, I've been a mentor on and off for years with different organizations. Uh, the government did a get mentoring scheme in about 2012 and I got, I went through that scheme and then I've sort of dipped in and out of mentoring really. It, it's, um, it's, it's quite hard actually. I think when I started doing it, I thought, oh, this would be quite easy because you just have a chat with people and you give them some advice. But actually, that's not what mentoring is about. It's not about giving them advice. You've got to help them work things out for themselves, which is really quite, it's a different way to uh, to communicate with people, you know. But basically, we, you know, you get a connection request through the system. Um, somebody wants maybe a bit of help or to talk through a particular situation so so my first one was was a, a, a member who had moved from uh, an overseas member who had moved to the UK and then was trying to basically work out how to get a job so obviously I couldn't sort of it's, you can't sort of be too prescriptive and say this is what these are the steps you need to take but it's a sort of I mean that one was was fairly simple in the sense that it was explaining the market and how what they did you know in the country that they came from uh, compared to, you know, the market over here and the different market sort of structures and makeup. So, and then just, you know, pointing them in direction of, of some employers in their area. But, you know, I mean, you, you can get almost any kind of inquiry, really. I think, um, I think one of the things that I would have, I would have valued, for example, is, you know, in, in previous roles, when you're working, you know, when you're working for somebody else, you know, most people work for somebody else, don't they really? But I suppose there are things that you, you you might want to think about in terms of your own professional development that you can't talk to your boss about. And if there's no workplace mentor, then the CI mentor scheme would provide an outlet for people to, you know, to get in touch and say, you know, this is what I want to achieve in my career, but I don't know how to get there. You know, and then there's somebody who can help you answer that question. That's great. Uh, as you say, I mean, that's a perfect example that, you know, that someone's friends and family might be able to give advice, but they're not involved in the, the profession that, you know, that, that we might be and, and someone at your work might not be, be impartial or it's, it's great to have that outside kind of, as you say, guidance. And, and it, it's obviously been been rewarding for yourself, but also challenging. Are there are there different um, kind of are there different things you've taken away from it? And have, have you enjoyed it? Would you go back to it as well? Well, I haven't gone away from it, so I don't need to come no. back to it. So I'm, 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 I'm available through the platform if anybody wants some, uh, <laughs> some mentoring. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think, as I said, I think that the, the thing to bear in mind is you're trying to help somebody. It's almost like trying to help somebody work out for themselves. So that's the key challenge. But it's also probably where the, re- the rewards are because – you can see somebody's sort of personal development and journey 
as they as they answer, you know, they've got to answer their own questions. You can't give them the answer, you know, and and you know, you only know so much about people anyway. They only reveal so much. So you've got to just help them work it out for themselves. But that's what's that's what's so good about it, though, <laughs> is when they come up with a good result, a good answer. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, Alina, you've also um, been a mentor as well during your career. Can you tell us a bit about um, to what degree you've been involved in and your experience as a mentor? Yes, I've worked uh, many years as a business mentor. Uh, I've coached businesses, uh, transformed their their business models. Um, I've mentored leaders and now I I do uh, money mentoring. Um, And I have to say it's it's I think I really think that having a mentor can really help people grow incredibly fast. I mean, look at the things that Richard does for people. You know, it can it can help you fast track tremendously because mentors are typically a few steps ahead. You know, they they can see the woods from the trees. They've bitten a few uh, roads. They they tried and failed. And and because they've been there, uh, they can be emotionally comfortable around issues that would otherwise cause discomfort, uh, which makes them excellent thinking and implementation partners. Um, and not to mention that it makes the journey more enjoyable. Excellent. And, and what Richard touched on also is, you know, it, it's also kind of benefited him and been rewarding and kind of taught him things as well. Would you say it also benefits the mentor that you get a lot out of it as well as as well as providing that kind of advice um, for the mentee? Yeah, I think it's a it's a two way street here. Um, uh, mentoring feels incredibly rewarding. I mean, I have a very curious mind, and I love exploring and developing solutions that work better, faster. But it's so it feels so great to help people grow, which is you know, hence the growth solutions. Um, but um, yeah, it allows me to help people who are willing to go the extra mile to to fast track growth uh, by accessing my expertise. And the benefit to them is that they get to save the time, energy and money required to get at the level I'm at. So they don't do the learning uh, and spend the next 20 years developing what's already in my toolkit. Um, So they can then explore uh, further, you know, use all that mental capacity and energy to create, innovate, develop and go further um, to create the, the solutions that suit them. But in that process, I benefit too because they help me grow. You know, they they uh, keep challenging my curious mind. They ask powerful questions and they challenge my thinking. So um, and in that process, I feel like uh, we we both grow. Um, we both get to go the extra mile in what we do. And so um, no, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And um, yeah, there's definitely never a dull mo- moment in that relationship. Yeah, it certainly keeps you on your toes, it sounds like. Um, um, but yeah, that's that's great. It sounds like such a valuable process for, for everyone involved. Uh, um, um, Richard, at the, at the top of the show, you kind of listed a fair few initiatives and, and roles you've been involved in. Uh, is there any other volunteering that, that you'd like to tell us about that you're currently doing or that you'd like to, to do? Uh, well, I volunteer quite a lot. Um, I mean, um, and I think probably because I think people that volunteer are like people that have got hobbies, right? They're, they're sort of people are interested in people. They've got a bit of drive, and they want to they want to achieve something. Yeah, you're not just sitting at home watching TV. So I've always, and I suppose probably because I did Scouts and DV as a kid, where you're meant to volunteer. I've just always sort of volunteered pretty much. But in terms of sort of insurance specific things, I mean, as I've stepped down from local council 
um, or local institute work from last month. Um, I'm doing the mentoring thing. So, you know, uh, we'll carry on with that. I'm also a trustee of the insurance charities. So I'm just coming to towards the end of a three-year term with them. So that's been um, uh, that's been a very different kind of insight into the industry uh, and the people that work within it. And of course, if are there are any presidents of local institutes looking for a charity of the year to support, then um, the insurance charities would be very pleased to hear from you. Um, <laughs> and then outside of insurance, most of my volunteering at the moment, because it's the season for it, is uh, scouts related. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Cub Scout leader and uh, we're into the canoeing and camping season. So most weekends now it's uh, out on the water or under canvas somewhere. But I think, you know, I, I think these things are great. Uh, one of the things I wanted to say, actually, when, when Alina was um, talking before about the benefit of mentoring to the, to the, to the mentor is that I, I reflect upon like, um, and because of doing this MBA, I like thinking, you know, you get introduced to terms like management practice. So I've reviewed and reflected upon my own management practice um, <laughs> since I started in the industry. And I think when I, when I first started, I, I mean, I was quite a, you know, I wanted to be in charge in quite an autocratic way and a little bit of micromanaging. And I probably wasn't the best team leader and manager when I um, first uh, <laughs> took on that role. But things like mentoring and, and, and being a leader in a voluntary capacity with a youth group or, or something like that, I think they're really good at, at helping you develop your own leadership and management styles. And I think, you know, junior members of staff who maybe they don't have a workplace mentor, maybe they've got ambitions to be a team leader but there's no opportunity for them you know to have a go but there is if you look at volunteering and mentoring as well because in mentoring you, you you're you're kind of the leader but you've got to lead without obviously being the leader so i think it's helped me develop uh, helped me develop a much more laid back delegated style of leadership so i'm i'm now far more willing to you know trust people to do the jobs that I've set them rather than checking in on them all the time that they've done the jobs I've asked them to do, which probably, uh, I would hope that makes people less stressed, you know, and uh, happier in their work. But yes, but so, so, you know, so yes, I'm involved in lots of voluntary things, but I, I think it's, you know, I'm either following my own little interests or I'm, or I'm trying to develop some workplace skills as well. No, that's great. And it's great to hear, as you say, that it, it continues to help kind of shape you and your style and that you're learning and, you know, knowing, um, building your knowledge and, and your people skills all the time as you go as well. And uh, Alina, are there any other initiatives or, or volunteering roles that, that, that you're involved in as well, as well as what we've spoken about? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to juggle a few things, um, uh, like, one or two businesses and two boys who are very much into I mean I did smile when Richard uh, talked about scouts because one of them is in beavers the other one is scouts soon to grow to the next level and that uh, and they do lots of sports and things which makes me the designated driver on an ongoing basis and uh, I, I try to squeeze in the financial education piece because I feel so passionate about uh, that but I have interestingly I have been approached by the scout leader uh, on a number of occasions. And I did promise that when I get some breathing time, I will get involved. And I, I do encourage my kids to get in, involved in charitable initiatives because it does, I mean, to what Richard was saying, it's it's so important to, um, it, it brings the best out in you and uh, it connects you with uh, so many interesting and and 
inspiring people that you wouldn't otherwise uh, come across to probably in the day-to-day life. So yes, definitely uh, something more to look forward to uh, all in due course. Amazing. And, and Lena, I mean, just as a final point, it sounds like obviously volunteering is something you really kind of would recommend to other professionals. Um, I mean, a point that you touched on there that, you know, sometimes you haven't got all the time in the world, you're busy with businesses and your family and, and other things going on. What would you say to people that are a bit worried about time management? Can you get involved a little bit and kind of pick it up and, and get involved more when you've got time? Would you? How would you encourage people to, to make that first step? That's exactly what I would say. Uh, one step at a time. I mean, probably the time scarcity is uh, one of the things that people, you know, would often mention. But then we don't have time for anything, you know, when you think about it, because um, it's always something else. But I would say, as a motivational piece, uh, what I say to my kids as well, I I keep saying that, you know, I I. I really, I do spend a lot of time in the well-being space. And what I often say to them is that mentoring and volunteering give you the, those opportunities to give back and connect with like-minded people, just like I said. And these two things are part of what boosts, is known to boost personal well-being. So if anything, not only that you have impact, you make a, you help make a little difference to some people's lives, but you become happier in the process so i think uh, that should be if anything that should be a strong enough uh, motivation to put yourself out there and uh, uh do your bit fantastic and, and richard any final thoughts from you on you know how you'd recommend being a volunteer to, to others first i think if you're worried about time just get rid of your tv i haven't had a, i haven't had a tv for 13 years and uh achieved quite a lot <laughs> since its absence wow <laughs> <laughs> also saved on a license fee but that's another story um, <laughs> um I, I think it's i think it's about trying to work out what is it that you want you know for some people career is is the is the main focus so if it's your career what volunteering or mentoring opportunities are there that are going to enhance your career prospects so you know if it if it is you know if you're an insurance professional then looking at things like the CII or the insurance charities or the insurance museum or all those sorts of things where volunteers are needed and expertise is needed you know look, just look for opportunities there will be some that will suit you but if it's not that you know if it's family or if it's a hobby or something like that then just just look in that space work out try and work out what your strengths and weaknesses are and what your your available time is and there are charities out there that will help you match sort of your skills your interests and your time with organizations that are looking for that but even if you volunteer in a in a a non-insurance non-career focused sort of area it will still bring benefits to your career i think you know it allows us to do things that we wouldn't ordinarily get to do it allows us to be in charge when we wouldn't normally be in charge or make strategic decisions when we're not usually involved in strategy which all helps us you know kind of grow our knowledge and and expertise i mean it was through you know my experiences of, of working with charities i mean i did it professionally i'm a broker and i deal with charities but being on the board of charities and actually understanding the governance structures and the decision-making processes, it made me a far better broker to charities because I could understand their kind of their ways of working, which uh, I mean, otherwise, if I hadn't done that, I would have just been, I don't know, assuming that they work just like any other business, which, you know, they obviously don't. <laughs> 
Amazing. Well, thank you, uh, Richard. Thank you, Alina, so much for joining us on the podcast today. Um, but also thank you for all the work you do as a volunteer, because it is people like you that make these initiatives what they are and and help them make a difference. So, so thank you. And we salute, obviously, all our volunteers across the CII and the PFS. But thank you for joining us today on the podcast, Richard and Alina. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Luke. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening. If you'd like to find out more about becoming an education champion through My Personal Finance Skills, you can visit mypersonalfinanceskills.org or you can email volunteers at thepfs.org. And to uh, find out more about the CII mentoring platform Connect that we spoke about, um, you can visit connect.cii.co.uk. So until next time, thank you for listening and goodbye. <laughs>